0: Photo Spot Show. What's up, everybody? We are back. It's been a long break, but we've uh, been crazy busy in the power sports industry. I know everybody's heard it and is just you know getting tired of back orders and can't get their parts. But hey, man, it's it's booming for us, and I'll take it. Uh, the industry's strong right now, and. It's good. We can uh, we cannot complain, but I'm excited to get this episode launched. It's going to be episode 23 brought to you by Spot Network TV. Please check out those guys. The Spot Network app is available now with all of our episodes. They also just did a live preview show with uh, Whiskey Throttle, so check that out on the app. Um, again, huge shout out to Spot Network, the fastest streaming service in the industry from Action Sports, Fitness, Podcast, the whole nine. So check those guys out. Brent and Chrissy over there are awesome, so thank you to them. Also, Motion Pro, Works Connection, Bell Ray Scott, all those guys, man. Thank you so much. It's uh, It's been a fun ride, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for this show. So let's get to our guest. He's been in the industry for a long time. He's got a top four at Loretta's before. He's a part of the Moto Spy. He owns his own tire business. He, he does it all. He's one of the fastest guys I know at the track. It's uh, Mr. Will Posey. What's up, man? How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for having me on the show. How's
0: it going, dude? It's good. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you making the time. I know we've had some conflicts and schedules, so we uh, we got it going, and I'm excited to uh, get this thing off the ground.
1: Yeah, man, you know, those back orders, like you said, everybody's buying up right now. So uh, the tire store has been keeping me busy working, uh, you know, working them seven days a week, 24 hours a day, right?
0: Dude, it's it's uh, it's a whole nother level when you start owning your own business, right? Everybody's like, oh, own your own business, and like, you'll become this greatest thing. Like, it's, uh, it's a 365 job that never stops, right?
1: That's right, man. Well, I mean, you know, when, when you say that, I mean, yeah, it's, it's great having your own business but at the same time, like when you are your own boss, I mean, you're the one that either makes it or breaks it, you know, and like, you got to always rely on yourself. And so if you want something to happen, you got to make sure that you're the one that that is the one who puts the the correct people on the seat of the bus and uh, go after it and make sure that it gets that it gets done correctly.
0: Yeah. And it's like not only you right now, you got other people that you got to provide for and make sure they can put food on the table for their family. So it's like, Hey, Joe, like, unfortunately, man, we've been slow. I can't pay you this week. But for you guys, you've been crushing it, and you don't have to have those worries right now.
1: Yeah, man, and and it comes down to it. I mean, you know, having my own business, and I guess it's just the way I was raised. It's like, you know, I look at my my employees. I don't even like to call them employees. I don't even call myself a boss. like my business partner and I. We're just like, we run a, I don't want to say a loose program, but, you know, everybody's on the team, and, like, we want everybody to grow together. And, um, you know, honestly, like, I would never want to see like one of my employees, obviously if they're giving me 110%, I would, you know, do anything I can to make sure that they survive before myself. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like family to me. So it's just all about, I I think it's all about how you take care of your employees when you get the best work, work, work ethic. You know what I mean? It's just, um, you got to make it fun and it's got to be a good atmosphere. And and that's something we've created. And obviously, you know, it's, it comes down to, you know, work is work, obviously, but you know, work can be fun as well if you just. There's a certain point that you have to take serious and make sure that you're doing it right.
0: Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for for any business. It's like if you if you're hard to work for, it's going to find it's going to be hard to find good employees. Or if you don't pay your employees what they deserve, then it's going to be hard to find good employees as well. It's like that's the, probably the hardest thing in our industry is just the turnover. It's it's hard to pay, and I get it. You know, you gotta you gotta run a business, but at the same time, if you find somebody good, like pay them good because if finding good people is hard right now, so it's uh it's definitely worth it. It sounds like you guys have the the right mindset going forward to to make what's a what's it called again? Hint, uh, Hinton Tire.
1: It's a uh, Helton Tire. Helt yeah. Tire. Okay. Yeah. H e l t o n
0: so and, yeah, and I mean, kind of on like Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, you know, going back to what you're saying about pay, and 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 you know, I learned this just coming up through the industry, but like, you know, hey, like uh, if somebody's worth their weight in gold, then you know we don't even like scoff at like what they ask for, right? Obviously, if it's in reason, you right. know what I mean? Because if if somebody's gonna give you 110, then they're worth every dime penny that they think that they're worth.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things to where. If someone's asking for, you know, 25 bucks an hour and you have them for 90 days and they're not providing that $25 an hour service, you're like, hey, man, like, I don't mind paying the money, but you got to step up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to pay you, I expect this kind of work out of you. So,
1: yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, realistically, that that mindset kind of came from uh, from my father and then I also worked at GoPro. And, and I tell you, man, working at GoPro uh, it was it about five or six years man it it was great i mean i got treated well um yeah. and and that that really just kind of created uh i guess formed me in a way to become a, a business person as i have and i always had like you know, i always wanted to own my own business when i was growing up but like you know how it is man when you're growing up like you you think of all these things i thought i was going to be a professional dirt bike rider for the rest of my life yeah yeah <laughs> for sure as, as we can see things change real quick <laughs>
0: yeah that's one of those things where like you never know what your future is right like you just got to take every we've talked about it on multiple shows you kind of got to adapt and just take every opportunity possible even if it's one of those things where you're not going to get paid any money like maybe that opportunity might turn into something so it's it's one of those things where like you know we've had daniel blair on a couple other people on there like dude like i was just taking every almost like the bruce almighty mentality i was just being a yes man like whatever i can get whatever i can get and then you know then it turns into other stuff and now look at you now you know you're you're crushing on the verb moto side with the moto spy and then you got your own tire business with your partner like it's crazy how five years of your life can change right
1: dude i mean back what you were saying to, to being a yes man i mean that was me like it was crazy so back in like when jackass came out like Me and my best friend, we were always, we had this, like, camcorder, and I worked one summer to get it from Walmart. Like, I don't know, I've always just been intrigued by, like, film work and, like, editing and, like, making movies, and it was weird. Um, We were moving out of my childhood house um, a few years back. I don't remember exactly when it was, but uh, my dad found a letter that I wrote in the second grade, and it was, like, you had, like, to write, like, a letter to somebody, um, to whoever, and uh, it was, like, you know, hey, what did you want to be when you grew up? and it was crazy in my letter i wrote that i wanted to be a film director and editor well you know we didn't think anything by it because we were racing full-time then and then he found that and this was after you know i'd already done my time at gopro and whatnot And he was just like freaking out because like i said that back in second grade and then here i was doing it but it, it was like you know like i said we started filming um back when jackass like came out we were just always doing stupid stuff like <laughs> trampoline bikes and just jumps. jump yeah yeah doing all the doubles and stuff like out in the out in the uh field and then the next thing you know i'm getting offered to go film in these clubs as a 17 year old kid hey we'll give you 50 bucks to come down to atlanta i was spending more in gas going down there to film and like (laughs) hang out and and for this company and i come to 17 year old kid going in these clubs but you know 17 year old kid getting to go do that you thought you were just a man right yeah and so uh, high life Yeah. Right. And, and so, you know, I was down there doing that, um, every so often and I was like getting to do these like huge like barbecue festivals and stuff. And it was just like, it was real cool, man. I, you know, I met a lot of like people in that industry, um, and a lot of like business savvy minded people. Um, so I guess I was surrounded by that when I was like at a young age and, uh, then they did a racer X film contest deal and, like, I went out, and I didn't even win this thing, man, but uh, Cliff Noble was with GoPro, and he was a floor manager for Supercross for many eight years. He called me one night. I guess he forgot that I was on the East Coast, and he was out on the West Coast. It was, like, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm in my room, and he, he like, you know, calls me, and he's like, hey, is this Will Posey? And, like, this deep voice, and I'm like... Great. Which one of my friends is messing with me right yeah. now? I'm getting prank called, you know, and he's like, this is the floor manager of Supercross. And my son works at GoPro. And like, we, we saw your video. and We're interested in, in having you come out. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, and, and, and dude, next thing you know, I was hopping a plane to go to freaking Texas to film for him. And like, That's I, I, I had just like flunked out of college and everything.
0: So like that, what kind of, what was, what was the goal for GoPro for you to do? Just like what, what was, cause I know like when Daniel worked for GoPro, his main thing was kind of turned on the, the, the cameras for, on the starting line, but like what they have doing for you, um, like you said, you do are the floor manager, he was a floor manager at Supercross. So did they just have you doing a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff? Like what was your, what were you doing over there at GoPro?
1: So Cliff was floor manager at Supercross and then he moved over, um, to GoPro, uh, driving the rig that you always saw at Supercross, those freaking badass rigs they had. And they were like, um, I don't know what you, I guess you would call it like a, uh, like a complimentary lounge, I guess, or something that you could go in and chill in. And then they always had the videos playing, but his son, Wes, um, he did the Supercross videos for many years, like all the opening ceremony stuff. And then he transferred over to GoPro. I think it was in like 2010 or 2011. And so I did a video for that race film contest. It was for Jeffrey Lewis. And Jeffrey Lewis's dad and Cliff were like really good friends, and that's how the video got saw right because I uh, shot Jeffrey and Cliff knew Jeff, um, and so he, they were. I guess they were looking for somebody, and it was just like a B shooter just to come shoot some like B roll and stuff because basically GoPro was doing the uh, helmet cam videos, and then also like like an event recap style video every weekend okay. from the Outdoor Nationals. dude. they were huge back yeah. in the day when they were doing that? I'm talking, you know a hundred plus thousand views within six hours when they were bought. Like people just love those things. Um, and so they're like, Hey, like we want to bring you out. We want to try out. And like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I ain't got no degree. Like I'm just out here just barely learning. Man, I didn't even really know how to use a camera at this point in time when this happened. <laughs> and funny. I went out and shot and like, I killed it, I guess. And they loved it. And then I was like, Hey, they're like, we want to bring you on the next weekend. Um, but we want you to be the lead shooter because uh, West." he wasn't able to go and I was like oh god you know like here I am a young teenager man I I was like 17 or 18 when I'm out here doing this yeah and uh and and you know everything was collapsing as far as racing for me because we just kind of ran out of money and and couldn't do it anymore um and so I was like you know what I'm I'm just gonna go for it like yeah I'll do it I was like you know I got it well I went and crushed that and then I was like hey who's gonna do the edit this week I was like can I do it can I try it and they're like sure like we'll still let um it was kyle who was editing so they would have like an editor and a shooter and then they would flip-flop so then okay. you had okay. a week off from editing and so kyle was editing but they're like you go ahead and take the footage and let's see your edit as well well i did my edit on time within their time frame and showed it to them and they were like stoked on it so then next thing you know west comes off the road, and it's me and kyle on the road and so he would be like the lead shooter and i'd be editing that weekend and then we would flop and, and it just came out of nowhere man and then the next thing you know the the we went to MX of Nations and we were traveling all over the world and damn that's um, awesome. It just it, honestly man like GoPro was like a college for me man like I learned so much but like I didn't even expect to ever like do it full time like when I picked up a camera back when I was younger and even when I was like going to Atlanta to shoot you know those promo videos and stuff like it was just it just kind of happened you know it was just weird but um with the whole GoPro thing, man, I just kind of climbed the ranks. And the next thing you know, I'm shooting, like, I'm directing the uh, the camera reel. Like, when they would launch a new camera, I'm down in uh, the uh, country of Panama with Nate Adams, who became one of my really good friends, and Ronnie Renner. And, like, we were up in the mountains on the sunset, like, in this incredible place. And it was crazy because when we'd go and shoot, you know, for my racing background, like, when we weren't shooting. I was out shredding with these guys. i That's never sick. forget when yeah. we did that that Panama trip me and Renner and, and Nate Adams literally spent like three hours on the beach making this turn track and I was out there in flip-flops and shorts and a helmet riding this YZ125 in the <laughs> middle of the country of Panama on the beach with these dudes shredding and they like and like you know a lot of these dudes never even knew that I rode and then I'd hop right. on a bike and like Nate Adams did this water skim and like I never would tell him that I would ride I'd just get out there and just do it you know like I, it, it it wasn't anything to me to like you know, to say, hey, like, I used to race. Like, I just enjoyed being around all those dudes. Right. And um, we got out there, and, and uh, Nate, I was like, hey, man, I really need you to get the shot. I need you to skim this water. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. And then so after that, I was like, uh, I was like, hey, where's the bike at? I was like, I want to try it. And he's like, bro, you really don't need to do that. Like, that's so dangerous. And he's like, he's like dude, do you really ride that much? And I was like, yeah, you know, I rode like once, <laughs> I twice. I can hold dude, my own. I try. yeah. And, dude, I come down the freaking beach fifth year wide open on this YZ125 and skim, skim this whole thing of water. And, like, it was squirrely as hell. But, dude, I come back and he's like, wait you just told me that you rode like once or twice but you just did that and i was like dude i'm messing with you man i grew up riding my whole entire life and like it was just hilarious
0: yeah it's just those memories though like you said like being around those guys and it's around that time nate was probably you know getting more deep into the deaf family so you learn more probably about the business side of that part so like you said it's one of those things to where those guys can almost be like mentors for you in a sense i guess right
1: Yeah, it was cool. That definitely was when death was taking off. And we actually did a couple of pieces around that. And, like, that's when Nate was on Honda's, dude. And he was, like, still crushing out X Games. And this was before, you know, his family and everything. And Nate was um, actually one of the first athletes there that I became close with. We actually became really good friends um, working together. And um, my next uh, closest guy um, would have been James Stewart. So it was weird. Like, James, you know, James was James, right? and right. i mean dude the dude is just gnarly on a dirt bike and and something with just me and him clicked man and like he was great to me and, and and i understood you know when he needed to train that he needed to train when we were there filming and i always stayed out of the way and and um me and james just became really close and and um i started back racing when i when i was at, Go, at gopro because i started making some money and i just i couldn't get away from it and um the actually i had taken like about five years off man and i rode for I want to say like three months. End up making it to Loretta's, um, and then after that year, I went and won a national title, um, and not at Loretta's, but at one of the amateur nationals. And yeah. then um, wanted to try, uh, tried doing some supercross and arena cross, and I actually started riding a bunch of that. And uh, I did a shoot at Stewart's, and like we were we were close then, and uh, I never really mentioned riding ever there either. And somehow. Um, I'd been talking to Roger and I was like, hey, dude, like, you know, I'd love to be able to get in some gear or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And somehow I guess my name got brought up through Roger to James. And I was down there sitting in James' garage after a, a shoot. And he was like, hey, he's like, you ride? And I was like, Yeah, man and, and, and I was like, you know, just just for fun. He goes, No, Roger told me and he's like, dude, he's like, Why didn't you tell me forever ago? He's like, I would already got you in some seven gear and he's like, You can come down here and ride the supercross track, do whatever you need to do, man. And it was <laughs> just sick. it was it was it was crazy because then we'd go back and forth over text and like I had sent him some picture and, and some gear they had sent me and uh you know, my number seventy one and James being seven. He's like, All you need to do is just change the color of that plastic and take the one away and you think it was me.
0: <laughs> there you go. Dude, was that he was was when he was on Suzuki's around. or what?
1: Yeah, that's when he was on Suzuki's. So okay. that was uh two thousand two thousand fifteen. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, James was awesome. You know, I know that um he's he's obviously had a lot of, you know, ups and downs in the sports and you know how everybody talks, man. But honestly, yeah. like dude, James is the one of the most like down to earth, coolest person ever. I mean, dude, I we we sat in his house and watched movies together. Like he just he like it's just crazy like you see these guys like that dude i'm a nobody and here this dude is the best guy in the industry and like we became friends like that and we would text throughout the week like that was was what i loved about gopro is like i was just able to go in and like make friends with all these guys and it made my job way easier and dude some of the stuff we created you know not just with james but with just everybody Villapoto, and all those dudes is like you know it was just it made my life so much easier with the with telling the, the stories that we did and like the documentaries we did and even the uh one of my favorite is uh james stewart don't call to come back mm-hmm. um and it was it was before um the FPV drones came out so like the real like race drones and it was like right when they were coming out and i actually got a dude to come down there and fly one for me and dude the shots were insane this is like way before its time and uh the video just turned out amazing. And this was like when Stuart was just on the rise of coming back. Right. That's sick. And, um, dude, we just like made one of these dopest videos ever. And, and I just remember it just going viral, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, anytime James is on a dirt bike, it's, it's a must watch. So I definitely get that for sure.
1: I tell you, man, I, I, I miss, uh, I miss seeing that dude ride and even just miss hanging out with him, you know? And I'm, I'm just stoked that he has this family now and he's, he's enjoying life. I I think he deserves it, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I it was weird. Like, I don't think anybody thought he would come back and work with Sexton because it's like there for a while. He just went silent, right? So everybody just thought, okay, he's, he did his thing and he just walked away. And and then we we hear, it, you know, last year or two years ago, whatever it was. It's like he's back. He's working with Sexton. And now I think know. it's sick.
1: Honestly, man, I, I I think he'll always be in the sport. Maybe not as 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 bright as a spotlight as he was, right? But I think it's cool that he's still working with Sexton and still. You know, I man, you, you know how we are, dude. Like, yeah. you race for that many years, you're going to always be involved somehow, some way, right? And especially with his brother still racing. And, I mean, like like said, man, like, dude, there's just something about Stewart, man, that, and, and I know everybody misses it, but, like, I don't know if we'll ever see another one like him, man. Like, I remember, what was it, like, in Seattle when he was the only one quad in that rhythm section? And it's like, dude, everybody else, like, was like, no way. And here he comes, he's you're all, no problem, right over it.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean then he's he just has rides too where you just watch him and you're like he's on a whole nother level. It's like it's like if he would have had that dungeon or Villapoto mindset to where he didn't have to win or die, like, you know, if he would have just kind of been consistent and said, Okay, I'll take a third or a fourth today, like man, who knows what titles he would have won for sure.
1: Yeah, but I mean I think dude, I love the way he was because that's who made James James, right? Yeah, he was like it was exciting. either he was gonna <laughs> yeah. he was gonna kill it or he was gonna just win weed it man but the thing is that dude freaking crashed so hard and would just get back up like it didn't even really phase him and i know there was a few that that fazed him for sure but dude i remember one that sticks out more than anything was that anaheim one crash remember that in the whoops and it just freaking oh, yeah. he got nine yeah or no 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 no, no, no. It was, it was it was Suzuki.
0: Yep. yeah He must have got the mechanics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep i remember that one yeah.
1: yeah he got bucked pretty gnarly but Yeah, man, for sure. That was um that was definitely some of my my, uh my high times there. But I do have a crazy story, so um I'll try to make this short. So you're good. We actually um we were doing some stuff. This is back when we were kinda doing so GoPro was gonna take the turn of being like kinda like a Netflix Hulu uh type platform at one point in time. Okay. Um, after the company went public. So I was actually with the company before it had its IPO day, which is, you know, when the company goes public. And um Dude, it was crazy, like, when we were there. Like, we could ride skateboards throughout the whole entire office, scooters. Like, they had all these snacks and stuff. And, like, there was no set time, man. Like, hey, like, show up 9 o'clock, you get your work done, and you, and you need to go ride, go ride. Like, if you got your work done, they didn't care, right? So, here I am. I'd always, you know, get my editing done super early. And then I was out riding most every day when I lived there. So, it was cool, you know. Like, I got to, to, to work and make good money, but I was also able to go and, like, train as I normally would. Um, if I didn't have a job like that, but, um, we did this shoot, it was in Canada. It was, uh, with, uh, oh, I can't think of his last name. His, his first name's Chris, but uh, it was like with, uh, Darren Bearclaw, uh, the downhill, uh, mountain bike guy who does all like the, the dirt jumps sponsored by Red Bull. Okay. Um, he actually does winter X now and snow bikes as well. Um, it was with him and a, and a few other dudes, but, um, it was, it was in Whistler, Canada and it was me and Wes. Um, and so basically this uh bridge had like washed out and so the only way to get to the hot cave was to get there on a snowmobile. Well, you couldn't even get down through the roads and whatnot. So we went and like stayed in this ice cave and I me and Wes left on this like shelf and as we're like sleeping up there the shelf is like breaking this is like no this is crazy man like this is definitely against like
2: anything we should,
1: yeah. we should have been doing right like it was insane but you know we're riding snowmobiles out there and then so a helicopter was supposed to take us from the ice cave to the hot springs well what ended up happening was is it was so foggy they couldn't so they're like here we're going to drop you on this logging road so we made it over across where the bridge would be we're going to drop you on this logging road the hot springs are a mile that way well, I guess the helicopter pilot didn't put it in perspective with his radar that he was just cutting straight through the trees, right, to go to the hot springs and not going all the way down down the logging road. Yeah. Well, we get to walking down this logging road and it's waist deep in snow. We left all of our bags where the helicopter dropped us because we couldn't carry all that gear. We just had our backpack with a few snacks and a thing of water and a walkie, and we had a sat phone. So a sat phone is like. You don't have service, but it'll still work off satellite to call in, right? And it yeah. doesn't work half the time, so it's kind of useless anyway. So the guys are like riding down there, like meeting us there. So like the 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 ride in on a snowmobile is just as dangerous as what we're going through. And so like me and Wes are like walking this this logging road, and dude, it starts getting dark, and then it is dark, and then the next thing you know, we're looking, and it's three o'clock in the morning, we're still walking, and like. We have no food. We're out of water, no tent to sleep in. I mean, it's like cold, man. Dude. And me and Wes, we're like documenting this whole thing on these GoPros. And we're like, well, if you find this, then you know what happened. Like, we we're probably going to die out here. Like, I mean, dude, we were like walking up because we were so cold. Right. And we ended up getting to the end of the road, finally made it to the hot springs at 5 a.m. and met the guys there. They were just pulling in as well. They had like, like, some of them have basically a total a sled and like, Dude, it it was the craziest thing. And, like, when you told the story, people were like, yeah, you're full of shit, man. There's no way. And, like, dude, like, this stuff was captured. And we finally got to the hot springs and went to sleep. And, like, luckily the helicopter was able to pick us up the next morning. But, like, once we got out of that, me and Wes were like, how are we even going to explain this when we get back to the office? Like, they're they're just going to be like, you dudes are just, you know, whatever. But, dude, like, that was my gnarliest experience
0: yeah, yeah near-death experience
1: just to film a freaking like a documentary on this like going to these hot springs
0: <laughs> oh dude have you ever uh have you ever been to the hot springs in mammoth Mm-mm. dude those things i've are never out been M- to
1: mammoth man yeah, i qualified uh, when i when i lived out there but i never got to go and race
0: yeah yeah the hot springs out there is like at the middle of nowhere and it's just like random like i wonder that's probably the same thing where you were where you went just didn't even know those those were, those were the thing until i went to mammoth
1: yeah so so basically this used to be like an open place you could drive to it well then that that bridge got washed out and so they just left it alone so like when you got there there were still like the outhouse buildings and everything like there's like you know seating around around the hot spring but dude that water like because we were so cold when we got down in it i'll never forget west was like Bro, I feel like peanut butter is running through my veins because he was, like, so cold. He was, like, tripping out.
0: Yeah. I mean, and when it hits you, it's like you don't expect it.
1: Oh, dude. And, it made, I mean, it was, like, cold, cold, like, zero degrees, like, cold.
0: That's so gnarly. But, I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's, like, those not five years, six years you had GoPro, you kind of experience some of the some sick stuff like you know what i mean like those guys were involved with everything and it's almost like they kind of plateaued there for a minute and then now they're making like a huge comeback and it's exciting to see what they have you know for the future because they're for i would say like 17 18 they kind of died off it felt like it seemed like they weren't as big as you know what i mean and then
1: yeah well i mean
0: dude like the company
1: went public and like I don't know,
0: man. Like, everybody has their own opinion about it, right? Like, yeah. dude,
1: GoPro was so sick, man. Like, GoPro is, like, what groomed me for, like, what I do now with MotoSpine and all of that. Like, just everything I learned. And, like, like, I left there in 2016. I just wasn't on board with where the company was wanting to go and all of that. And, like, I felt like it just got, it just grew too fast, right? Like, sometimes it's better just to, like, not necessarily stay small, but, you know, like what is it, uh, slowest, smooth smoothest, fast, right? Right. And I think if GoPro could have just stayed almost like a Red Bull, because, you know, Red Bull is huge, but it's not public. I think if GoPro had just said, ah, we're not going to pub- go public. We're going to do our own thing. I think it could have maybe survived a little bit better. And I think maybe they're kind of, like, trying to bring that back. Because, dude, that's what made GoPro was, like, just the videos that they put out there, like, what? like dude, they were so ahead of the time. Yeah. And, like, people just, like, begged to work there dude they're like i'll work here for free because like there was videos literally of people like playing like soccer in the office but like this was on the gopro youtube channel because it was so creative like there was just so many like creative minds in just one office and like and what's crazy a lot of people don't believe this but dude any gopro video you saw was always shot on a gopro 110 percent, which is
0: nuts that is crazy because some of the footage was just unreal
1: Dude, and that literally was out of that camera. No joke, man. You're hearing from somebody that was there for a long time. Like, we never used any other cameras. It was 110% always a GoPro.
0: That's nuts. Like, to think that you can have that quality with a $399 camera and then just make some (laughs) some sick stuff.
1: Dude, and it was the craziest stuff. But, you know, it, it was wild, man. And even, like, what you were talking about, like, you know, Daniel Blair, he was there, and so... When I was riding arena cross, that's when Daniel was, and like me and Daniel, you know, he was he was the one who was always turning the cameras on, and then I was the one that was cutting them at the office after the arena cross races. So like me and him were out there <laughs> working cool. for GoPro, yeah. and then racing together on the weekends. Yeah, that's which cool. Which was which yeah. was crazy. And and you know, I knew Daniel Blair back when he was racing pro when I was a kid, and I remember the LBZ gear and the yeah. Yamaha's and all that. And like then then we ended up just linking up, and we became buddies, man. And um, yeah, we, we worked together and then we also raced together. Daniel helped me, um, when I first started riding the Amzol stuff because, you know, we were pretty connected in with GoPro. And so, you know, I trained with him up at, uh, up at old Jake Locke's place with Jonah, him and Stank Dog. Jared Stanky was up there. It was cool, man. It was just a rad time, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy how big our industry, but how small it is, you know, it's like, you know, like Jake and Joan, I haven't heard those names in forever, but it's like all those kids were, you know, right down the street from, from where we were, where we grew up. So it's like, it's funny that you were in my backyard and we didn't meet till, you know, four, three years ago or two years ago, whatever it was, but it's like, you've been around the whole time. So it's it's crazy how like everything kind of falls into place.
1: I know. Right, man. That's, I was thinking about that before we hopped on this deal here for the call. It's like, he was just like right up there because I, I remember when we first met, how you because of uh oh Ron Jensen, you yeah, know, yep. and, and I remember seeing you down what well, was Sand Mountain, but um, dude, I tell you, man, like I don't really miss California, uh, but I'd miss the tracks and I miss like the homies up there, like because like you know, obviously like Moto is pretty big around here, but dude, there's no nothing like Moto like when you're in like Riverside and like Temecula and like even just up there up yeah. north too where like locks and everybody was like Sacramento area and like what Yuba city, like, dude, I don't know. It's so sick. Like you could go ride East street and then you go right across the road, not even across the road, just down the driveway and to the left. And then there's MMX right there. And then you could go two miles down the road and you're, you could ride riverfront. Like you could ride three tracks in one day and then you go down to, you know, down South and you could go ride however many tracks you want. But you yeah. can't do that here. Like I I was talking with somebody the other day and like, they're like, dude, that's so sick. Like, I wish we could do that. And, like, I don't know, man. It's just, like, two different worlds. Like, I it wish, really like, we implement that here because, you know, I, I love the South because I'm from here. But I also, man, I met so many cool people when I moved up to California. And, like, Jake and Jonah were, like, some of the best dudes that I met, man. Like, Jake gave me an opportunity to, to always ride in his tracks. But like, me and <laughs> me and him every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday would be up there doing motos and it was just me and him like nobody else was on the property we're out there banging bars and i'm like one day we were sitting there after doing a, a gnarly moto together and i was like bro what are we gonna do if we just like wad up together and we're both just laid out here <laughs> like we're screwed we're life <laughs>
0: alert on your handlebars or some <laughs> shit
1: yeah right <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that's those were the those were the good times. I mean, we just didn't have a worry in the world and you had to ride. I mean, like I remember one time me and Jared just went out to this these sand these sand pits and we just got we just rode, we rode through the neighborhood and we just ride in sand pits on like a Wednesday afternoon. And I'm like, man, like dude, just you don't get that anymore. And I, I will say I agree with you. Like the, the California vibes are definitely different. Living here is just a whole nother world. Like I love living here. But as far as the moto scene, it, it's definitely the California moto scene is, is on another level for sure. But you know, that's what the industry is for, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's just totally different.
1: It, it definitely is, man. And like I said, I just, I wish we could, and I feel like maybe it is trying to move this way some, right? Yeah. But like at the same time, like, I don't know, man, it just, dude cali's just different man and like you know everybody like i remember growing up you know going to school and people be like you know why do you wear what you wear and it's like you go out there and it's normal right that's what everybody wears fans welcome you know just that whole deal and then here it's a little different like i mean you obviously have your, your 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 guys that do that race but you know a lot of us that race like that didn't really go to school and i didn't go to school very long i was homeschooled after a while and like i went to a private school for a bit because they were trying to film me uh, when I went to public school because I was just missing so many days of racing. But at yeah. the same time, man, it's just like, like you said, like, it's
0: just, it's a different world. Yeah. No, it it, it has its pros and cons, like everything. So it's, uh, but it's good. Like I said, I, I don't regret leaving at all. I love living here. So, you know, it's good to go home and, and visit, but it's also good to leave. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: right. But, I hear uh, you on that
0: but let's kind of talk a little bit about your transition from from your race career into your professional career like what uh did gopro kind of lead you into what you're doing now for verb and and being a part of the moto series and the moto spy
1: yeah so when i left gopro like it was like i don't know man like it was just it was that time right like i just had had done my time there and and uh it was time for the next chapter of my life and um I had been racing pretty heavily. Um, and then I got hurt pretty bad early January of 2016. I demolished my left wrist and Supercross on a set of, on a set of whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, you know, I think I'm done racing. Like, you know, I had a lot of injuries growing up and had a lot of good success. And then I got hurt a lot as well. And, um, so when I got home, I wanted to do you know more in the, the movie side of things and i started doing a little bit of stuff outside of action sports and me and west have, have always been friends you know just the track and stuff and always had a good time and we just linked up and and, and um he was doing a lot of stuff with red bull and he's like yo dude like what do you got going on and i was like you know i'm just kind of kicking it looking for some work And he's like well let's do some red bull stuff together and i was like sure man he's like i'm gonna send you an edit let's, let's test it out and see how it is and it was uh it was, sick man and and it worked and dude honestly like me and Wes were talking about this other day like if it wasn't for for him and I connecting like there's just no way that like what we've done together would have ever happened like we just pushed each other so far and like dude Wes is amazing at what he does and it's always been amazing even when you know back in the freaking goat creation days man like that's way before I even thought about picking up a camera and like you know when he was doing like in the ranks and all that dude it's so sick and to get, um, you know, an opportunity for us to really put our minds together and, and do what we did. It was, it was rad. And that's kind of how Moto spy kind of came about. He was, they had already done Moto spy um, for outdoors, but it was just more like a, uh, in the day type of like film. But like, you know, now it's like over the season and they're longer, like before they were like Five six minute videos. Now we're talking twenty to twenty five minute episodes. Right? Like you get so much in depth, and and yeah. uh, I'll never forget we were uh, we were just DSing at uh, at his mom's dinner table, and like we were talking about. It. And I was like, dude, you know, I'd be sick if we. Wait, what if we did something with Supercross? And he's like, yeah, dude, you know, what what if we did? That'd be sick. And like we just started talking about, you know, like doing the podcast and like these raw scenes and just like really seeing what it's like that you don't see on TV. And like wind up crafting this thing up. Um, together and like I mean you can just see the the difference when it first started till it is now like we've really crafted these things up and and just how we're able to cut these and the way we can just automatically see it I mean it's not easy man it's not easy these things get cut in about you know five days to a week um, time from from uh, get them put together and you know obviously people are out shooting for us and stuff to get get them put together but I mean right. these things take a lot of time I mean, there's a lot of seven days a week man from from Yep. Editing them to to sound and color and polishing them up for them to go live.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, how many how many hours of film usually do you guys go through to to edit those down to a twenty minute like video or twenty five minute video?
1: Oh gosh, man! Each segment has like I want to say like around like six to we'll, we'll go five to eight maybe nine segments in it. So different segments, yeah. And each of those segments, I mean, if you're down in a full day at Bakers, I mean, you got you know eight hours worth of footage to go through um just from that one day and so i mean it just varies on like what the shoot is but you got to think like the guys are rolling a lot in the conversation because that's where we get like the really good combo bites you just got to just let it roll you know what i mean And, and and just make sure they're at the right time and i mean dude there's just been so much good stuff this year and like you know just a lot of stuff that you don't see and it's like you know a lot of these guys like you know they're a little weird you know but at the same time these guys have learned to to allow us in because it's cool to see it like that right like people want to see what goes on and like everybody knows you're going to get upset and everybody knows that you know hey there's going to be good and there's going to be good moments and there's going to be low moments right and i think it just makes the sport more real and i I feel like the show has caught a lot of traction and especially this year man it's just it's been awesome especially with such a Good series, you know, with Cooper and Rocks and man, like holy shit, there's been some moments.
0: And I think that's the thing too. Like your your Red Bull riders right now too are really good personalities. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things where that makes your guys' job a little bit easier. Um, you know, you have a you have a few that are a little bit tougher to work with than others, but for the most part, you got two two guys that are kind of not afraid to to say what they're feeling um, with Cooper and Kenny. <laughs> so I think that makes the show. Just that much better, and then to have that rivalry, and then for for both to be on Red Bull, that just makes the content that much better. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what what makes it right. I mean, you got two Red Bull riders, obviously they're on different teams, but like, dude, literally duking it out all season. like, yeah. the thing is, man, like you're just two different people, but so like you get to see that, and I, I don't know, man. Like, I just it's so cool. I'm like, even I mean, we've had this for a few years, right? Like, I mean, I remember back in what was it, 19, when, when Webb and, and Rockton were battling it out. Even Marv was in there, too. You remember when Marv and Webb were, like, battling, was it a Texas right thing or Houston? And, like, yeah, we, in went and interviewed, yeah. Um, yeah, we went Yeah, we and interviewed uh, Ian and Roger about, like, hey, like, how is this? Like, how do you even, like, how do you uh, work with these two dudes in a situation like this? Because you can't choose favorites, right? And, like, can you imagine going back to the truck when, when two teammates are, like, Banging bars like that.
0: Right. And that's kind of one of those things where, like, the, it kind of goes back to what we've said about this sport, time in, time out. It's just, Everybody thinks there's team tactics and stuff, and maybe there is, but for the most part, this is an individual sport. You put that helmet on, like, there is no friends out there. Like, you're out there to get a check and and cash it in. Of
1: course, man. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. You can have your friends, like, once the helmet comes off, but, dude, as soon as the helmet dog would go on, bro, you're in your own world, and it's time to do work.
0: Yeah. Like it's it's insane to where I, I think the series is really good. And I think the more these writers let you guys in, it's going to help the sport grow, you know, with Red Bull's platform and everything and, and YouTube growing and, and whatnot. So it's just uh, it's crazy to me to think like we we are on that path to maybe we keep everybody keeps referring to it and talking about it. But we're on that path for that Netflix style um, survivor. Drive. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we get that, the more we the behind the scenes and in depth and everything, it's going to be just a whole nother world for us. And, and and I'm hoping that's what takes the sport to the next level. Honestly, it's just getting that the the viewership every series bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah. I feel like we're so close. Like we're like in that bubble, right? Like, I think with this show, I, I think a lot of the riders have seen like what it can do for the sport. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like from, from, from where we started to where we are now, like, dude, it's just, they're they're allowing us to do a lot more which is super cool like you know just even getting to see ken hanging out with his baby man like a lot of these people see these dudes as just robot they go home they train and then they go to the track and race and that's it no they actually have a life behind those curtains you know and it's cool to be able to see that i mean even there was like a thanksgiving dinner that we showed in one of the episodes um with ken with everybody and you know that's just super cool to see these guys outside of that
0: yeah the dungeon kenny thing was cool too like that was Mm -hmm. neat that was really cool um, just stuff like that's awesome. I think, I think the way you guys grow to and get to that next level is you just put the the Moto Spy on Spot Network. Like that will just take you to the next level. That's what's holding you back.
1: Yeah, man, I, <laughs> I would love to see the show on like Netflix or Amazon one day. You know, like I mean, yeah, we just, just need to get you on so Spot cool. Network,
0: dude, and you'll be that'll just take you to the next level.
1: There we go, right, man? <laughs> Do
0: it. Just kidding, just kidding. I, just, I gotta gotta support my boy my boy Brandon Spot Network. It'd be uh, it'd be cool, but. You know, like I said, excited to have those guys on board, excited to have all our sponsors on board, but it's one of those things for you. I'm excited to bring you on because there is so much stuff that you've seen. And, of course, you know, we, we have politics. We can't talk about it. But for you, it's like you've seen so much of the in and outs of our industry. I mean, you've worked with Chad Reed, James Stewart, all the top guys, and it's, it's like one of those things to where, for you, I can only imagine it's hard not to be a super fan, right? But at the same time... Yeah, you know what, said,
1: man, like... I don't even, like, I don't, it's honestly, like, it's weird, like,
0: dude, I just, I don't
1: know, man, like, I, I don't even want to, like, I don't want this to sound like I'm taking away from the guys, but, like, yeah, I I don't, I don't have, like, a favorite, like, I just like being friends with them, I like hanging out with them, that's, yeah. like, what I was talking about earlier, like, when me and James are literally in his movie room watching a movie, I'm not sitting there, like, oh, you know, I'm in James Stewart's theater room watching a movie, like, James right. was just a homie, you know, like, we were cool, and, like, that's what I like the most, and I like having good friends, and, like, they were good people. They were good to me, man. You know, me and Nate, we we still talk now. And like, you know, I see Villo out, and I'm like, "What's up, dude?" You know, and we, we chit chat about funny things that happen. You know, and just like when I was at his house and stuff. And like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it, it, it. You know, back when I was younger, yeah, I was like, you know, oh, they're those dudes. But like, when I just when I started going, I knew that hey, I couldn't be that guy because right. you know, you start being like that, they they don't they don't want that they around you because out. they have yeah. some. Yeah, exactly and so like just go and hang out and have good times and like honestly man that's what made it for me like I just I was stoked to have new friends and like to be friends with those dudes was so cool because like I said man they're all just so laid back
0: yeah that's kind of like what I was getting to it's like when you get to that level and become like almost like a quote-unquote industry insider it's almost like it just comes natural just be kind of build those relationships and earn those trusts and and be able to get that kind of footage because, like, I feel like if you were one of those types of guys, like a super fan or whatever, and you're like, dude, like this, blah, 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 and, like, just ramble and, like, talk their ear off. They're like, dude, like, we don't want to shoot with this guy no more. Like, he can't come.
1: Back. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, right. He can't come back. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that's just the way it was, man. It was cool, and, and I enjoyed it. And, and, you know, just even just, you know, man, just it's wild because, you know, like I said, I, I got hurt, you know, about, three years ago and like, you know, a lot of those dudes see what I do now still riding and they're like, no way, this is crazy. Like Roxon was posting on a a post the other day, um, I was riding at Silver Dollar and I booted that triple and he's like, Dude, you're a freaking nut, you know, on verb Post And it's just like Yeah. You know, hey, that's Kenny telling me that and I'm sitting here thinking like, Bro, no, you're nuts, you know? So it's just wild.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the thing too, like to where, you know, that's what brings, what makes our sport so special. It's like, you can have those relationships and you can have, you know, guys like that, that are in your cell phone or whatever. You can just have, have those moments. And I think that's what makes it so special to, to what is, makes our industry fun. And if you, if we can break those guys down and and build those relationships, you can get a lot of good content and a lot of to where it's not like you're burning any bridges or, or, you know, hurting anybody's feelings. So I think you've done a great job at that. But for you, like you, you've talked about your injury, like what's the hardest thing that you've noticed in the last 10 years going from like GoPro riding and all that to where now you're still riding, but you have your challenges through your daily grind. Like how do you stay so positive and, and, and just, you know, do your job the way you do?
1: oh man i think it's just years of 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 the of the being in the sport right the sport i feel like does a lot for for anybody that that goes through it right i think it um teaches you a lot of mental toughness and we see a lot of that in cooper and cooper is obviously one of the top guys that just has insane mental clarity and just can can if he wants to do it he's going to do it right but like at the same time it's good discipline for us and i think that was just like one of the biggest things that I took from the sport and just everyday life is like, I was raised, you know, Hey, you can't give up because back when I was younger, man, like it was tough racing. We, you know, my dad raised me as a single father and um there were times, man, like, you know, Hey, it was like, are we going to go race? Are we going to eat dinner? not, You know what I mean? And right. and uh, we would sometimes eat can of beans out of the back of his, out of his Bronco. So we could go racing. But like, I'm thankful for that because you know, that gave me the mindset of, Hey, like you can do it if you want it. Right. And, um, you know, I think another thing is my dad actually had a really bad accident in 1994 and, um, we should have lost him then. And, um, you know, they, they told my grandparents that he was going to be a living vegetable for the rest of his life, that he would never walk, talk, you know, whatever, eat and all that ever again. And, and, uh, he ended up doing it, man. He learned how to walk and like all this stuff. And, and, uh, like I said, he raised me as as a, as a single dad. So being raised, By somebody like that and knowing like what he came through and like went through. Right. Um, I think it just like really put my mindset in a different place than if he hadn't have done that. Right.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things where you, you, you learn at an early age. Like if you put your mind, if you, you know, you put your mind in it, it's going to happen. Like, you know, it's, it sounds cliche, but it's one of those things to where it's what you've seen it firsthand or your dad's seen it firsthand to where it's success only comes from what you put in. So I think that's the biggest thing for you is like, you know what, what you can do and what you can accomplish if you give it your all, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, did it even like, you know, laying in the hospital bed after I had my back surgery and I'm just like, well, you know, everything's over. But then I was like scrolling through Facebook or something and I saw winter X games and they're riding snow bikes and had a paraplegic class. and like, I ended up reaching out to one of the dudes and I'm like, Hey, how does this, like, how do we get involved in this and stuff? And the next thing you know, literally mm, eight months after that, I'm sitting on the gate at X Games and ended up having a silver medal from X Games. Yeah. It was wild.
0: Yeah, it's it's like, it's just, you look back on that stuff and say, what the hell? Like, what just happened? But then it's like, you have all that glory. And and for the people that don't know, you know, Will, Will is, he is a paralegic and he's just, insane on a dirt bike if you haven't seen his videos go at will posey on instagram he's on also on verb's instagram riding as well too but that's what i'm saying man like to, to to go through that and like you said then to be at x games and and to get support from like fox and arma and all those guys and, and to see people still have your back is is really cool i think
1: yeah man I'll, I'll tell you man that's like one thing that that's been crazy out of this whole thing and you know obviously getting back on the bike with was was what I needed and and, and it helped me push through the hard times but at the same time it was super dangerous but I didn't realize like all the inspiration and I guess lies that it would touch me getting back on the bike and then start riding like I did you know even just me riding in a field people were like pumped on it but then when I started going out there like literally like shredding like I used to ride you know like jumping big stuff and actually like competing in 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 races you know there was like one of the first race i did i did a little vocal a race and ended up getting third you know and like dude that was like way outside of what i ever expected myself to do um and so it was cool man and like even when i got hurt like after x games uh, um like i said about a year after i got injured um i got a silver medal behind doug henry And I didn't realize, like, what that was going to bring. And um, I actually became really close with the the rehabilitation place that that I'm actually in right now as well. It's called Siskin Therapy. And, like, they had this gentleman up there. He got paralyzed on a uh, street bike. And they wanted me to come up there and talk to him. And I had never done this in my life, right? I I was always kind of shy growing up. And I was like, you know what? I actually want to go up there and I want to see if I can help this guy because I know where I was at when I was in that spot. And, like, I went in this room, and it was just dark and gloomy. And, and I went in there, and I started talking to him. And I started showing my videos. I took my medal up there. I gave him one of my shirts um, that I had made when, when they were doing, like, fundraisers to help me, uh, you know, when I first got hurt. And, like, me and this guy just started talking, man. And we became, like, really good friends. And it reminded me a lot, like, what we were talking about, like, with the GoPro stuff. Like, just connecting with somebody like that, like, you just – you don't expect it. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, we ended up becoming really good friends. And, and by the time I left there, you would have thought the sun was shining through the room. Like it was just amazing. And he was like, I'm ready to go to therapy right now. Like, cause he was just over. He wanted to, he basically had just said like, Hey, just leave me up here to rot. Right. And um, he, he walks now and doesn't need like a walk or nothing. And he like really went through his therapy super hard and tried. And I talked to him most every day. And um, we ended up telling our story in front of him about, three thousand people or so um at this like thing where they raise money for siskin to help people who don't have insurance to still be able to you know have uh therapy and uh we told our story and like you know we got up on stage and spoke in front of all these people and it was like i felt like i was riding my dirt bike again when i was up there talking and like afterwards people were like you know hey how many of these speeches have you done like you know can I'm sure you've done plenty, and I'm like, no, this was, like, my first time, but, like, it was just natural for me. And to be able to, like, just see the, the the hearts that we touched with our story and just how you can use your negative as a positive for somebody else, just, like, I just never really realized that until I just went through, like, the hardest time of my life, the, the gnarliest injury ever and in motocross, basically, you know, and, and to see that, you know, hey, like, I'm not here riding again, just enjoying what I love to do. But I'm also out here helping people that are reaching out to me like people that are, you know, suicidal or like drug addicts or whatever, man. Like whatever yeah. it is are reaching out to me and like I was in my darkest place, but now I have people that are in theirs and like I'm able to help them out of that and like it's crazy, man. Like there was many a time when you know, when this first all started happening where I was talking to people like trying to get out of my dark place.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean you get in those holes and you know, unfortunately we just I just lost a friend, you know, to um to that situation. And you would have never thought this guy was the the most helpful dude. Everybody knew him super happy, always just cheerful. And then, you know, we get a phone call and it's like, dude, he's gone. And it's like, man, like it's just, you just never know. Right. So it's like one of those things where anytime you can be positive and just always, you know, kind of put that into somebody else. It's, it's always, I think a, a good thing. Cause it's just, you just never know. Like it's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you're right. You never do know, man. I mean, that's just, i guess that's just how life is and and you know we we don't know when our day is man i mean we all have our, our time and, and it's gonna happen and you know that goes that kind of goes back you know i lost my dad back in june um yeah. it was very very unexpected i talked to him about 15 minutes before and pulled up to um where we had just moved out of and, and there he was he had a massive heart attack and that kind of goes back to my injury because when you know even when i raced before before i got hurt people are like you know why do you let your son do that it's so dangerous like and he could get paralyzed or he could die. My dad was like, Hey, like, we have so much fun. You never know. You literally could walk out the front door and have a heart attack and pass away. And that dude literally lived by that. And that's how he passed away. He was walking out the front door and had a massive heart attack. Man. Like that's how like serious and like how real that is.
0: Right. Yeah, just you never know. Like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I lost I lost my mom in oh nine and I mean, we knew it was coming. She had cancer, but it's just one of those things where you you kind of you're, you're kind of ignorant to it, right? Like you just don't you don't think it could be happen to you or happen to your life, and then next thing you know, they're gone. And it's like for me, it's like you get in that dark space and you just don't know what's gonna happen. And you know, dirt bikes was a big thing for me, dude. Like I, we, it sounds you know like bullshit, but honestly, dirt bike riding is almost like a, a real life therapy because um, it's like you just uh-huh. you just don't know what. What life is like when you lose that person that's been in your life your whole life and and just you know, it's your it's your parent you know what I mean and then they're gone, so it, it's crazy. And it's like you can't even put it in perspective. Like, no, like I'm still, you know, like I, speechless I, I, trying to put words in my mouth right now. I, I can't even talk. like it's tough.
1: Yeah, man. Right. Like like when like there, there's no words to put in like they're gone for good. Right. Like and that's something that's always even since my dad passed. Like it's just been so gnarly for for me to to realize, but that, you know, life does go on and like thankful for the tire store and, and just getting to meet people through there and, and and even, you know, buddies at the track and riding and, and, you know, inspiring these kids to just never give up, man. It's just, you just gotta, you gotta take it with a, with, with a step at a time. And you just gotta keep pushing forward.
0: Yep. And that's kind of what I tell you a lot of people that, you know, if they, they have the same situation that I'm in, I'm like, Hey, like, if I can give you any advice, find a hobby, and find something you love, and just do it as much as you can. You know what I mean. Keep yeah. keep yourself busy, because um, that's just you know you got to grieve. Of course, you can't not forget about it. But the having awesome friends and great people around you, and and finding something that you love and doing it all the time, it's it's honestly a true therapy that just keeps you keeps you going day to day for sure.
1: Well, you know, when, when my dad first passed away, I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm not going to ride anymore because my dad he may have missed me riding like five times in my entire life. Like, right.
0: He was always there. He was
1: always there. Right. Right. And and like, it was just weird for me. And, um, it was weird though. Like how kind of everything was set up because like one of those times was like right before he passed and a good friend of mine went down to a race with me and like, learned how to like get me on and off the bike and, and, and really be there for me. And, and it was like almost like it was already getting set up. Right. But you don't see that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, So after that, it took me a little bit, but I was like, you know what? I need to go and ride. And like, we went down to silver dollar, um, Wes took the verb tent and stuff down there and set up and he was down there shooting. And we got some footage on Instagram and, uh, I went down there and it was just crazy, man. I just felt like I was at home and like the whole time I was riding, I just felt like my dad's hand was on me. Like I, and like, it was like weird. I could hear him still yelling for me as like, if when I would go by for him, like that dude was always right there cheering for me like you know, and, and, and it was like, I just still felt that. And um, I actually went out there and won the plus 20 money class with no legs. And it was like, it was so cool, man, to, to be able to awesome. go out there and do that. Yeah. And I booted the big, I think it was like a 120 foot triple. And like, I told myself on the way down there that I wasn't going to do it. And then, you know, second lap of practice, here I am strapped in this motorcycle, jumping this thing. And, you know, Wes is like, dude, you're freaking nuts. Like, we got to work next week. What are you doing? <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, I'm living, dude. I'm it. living. Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, was, it was, yeah, I mean, that's same thing at Mill Creek too. Like, you, it it's you didn't jump the jump in the middle for a little bit and then eventually you hit it and it's like everybody was like, "No way, dude." Like, everybody just pumped <laughs> for you. Like, it was it, it was it was awesome for sure. It was, it was a cool time to be at the track for, you know. I liked it. I enjoyed that weekend. That was a good weekend.
1: Yeah. I mean, we get to spend a lot of laps together. That was cool because I hadn't rode in a bit and I really needed it because, you know, work was what had been really busy and it gets stressful, but dude, like, I mean, still to this day, man, like I hop on that bike and it's just like my house could be on fire and I could care less about the house. Like when I'm on that motorcycle, man, it's just like, just feels so good. And like, you know, honestly, it's, it's crazy for me to say this, but like, since I've gotten hurt, I have more fun on my dirt bike than I, than I did when I was, you know, racing pro and, and doing librettas and all that. Like, I just, yeah. I don't know. It's different, man. I just, I have more fun. Like I'm just, I had to learn how to ride all over again.
0: Yeah. It's almost like the stress is off you almost a little bit. Cause it's just like, you're just there to enjoy it. And you're not worried about, Oh man, this guy is faster than me today and I got to race him in two weeks. You know what I mean? Now it's like, hey. dude, like you're ripping today. And then, you know, the other buddy's like, dude, you're ripping. Like, and everybody's just having the time of their lives and enjoying it and, and just making memories.
1: Except for X Games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. X too-
0: games get serious. Yeah. <laughs> but you only see those people once too- once a year though. Or every what is it? Yeah, once a year.
1: Yeah, once a year. I was too hard on myself the la the last year in twenty twenty that they had it. Yeah. I was in I was in the hospital with kidney stones like leading up to it. I didn't even get to train really and then go up there and ended up, you know, basically laying down the fastest time and then was battling with Doug. I pulled the whole shot and he uh, he passed me. And then we're going down this downhill and I was about to pass him back and I ended up crashing my brains out. Somehow it became a lap and a half down and came all the way back to fourth, with like five minutes to go. I have no idea how I did it. And I was so, so bummed, but I'll never forget my dad after, uh, after the race, he was just like, so stoked. He's like, bro, you were riding so good. Like, like I wish you had not crashed." but he was like, dude, if you just you saw how you're riding, like my seatbelt wasn't even strapped. So my oh, body was just, flopping all over the place and i was just so angry and he was like bro he's like just have fun he's like it doesn't matter and i was like but you just don't understand like the gold was at my fingertips and i'd already basically had it in my fingertips the first year you know i got a, i got a silver and
0: right it was just like, i want to come i don't back know i learned it. a lot of it. yeah
1: yeah have i just you, i'm gonna keep it fun from now
0: on have you heard if they're doing it this year or what like have you heard the plans for this year
1: no i haven't heard any plans for this year but i'm hoping yeah. they're gonna have it again man i mean riding snow bikes is sick and like I don't know, man, just getting to battle with all those dudes and, and, you know, just, I don't know. It's just, it's cool that we have an opportunity to get to race like that on a big stage. And, and the thing is, is like, you know, you can't under, underestimate us boys with no legs. Like we can still get out there and send it.
0: Oh, hell yeah. You At Sam Mountain, dude, you went around me like I was just sitting still. I was like, bro, <laughs> like, come on. I'm just out here cruising, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was good times. It's all like good it's, fun. Yeah, it's all in good fun. And, and for you, you actually have something else that you're working on that's going to be super sick. Uh, working on a big jump, and I don't know if you can talk about it or not. But you got something cool in in, in the uh, back pocket right now.
1: Yeah. So um, I mean, I can't really you know talk a ton on it, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually been working on uh, getting ready to set the very first uh, paraplegic world uh, record distance jump um i actually have it right now but guinness wasn't there um for the for the track that i jumped the the jump at but um i'm actually wanting to go uh much further than what i've done now so Mm uh we'll see we'll make it happen and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it
0: yeah so everybody like i said go go follow will and and, uh keep an eye out for that because we'll have him again on the show after he completes that and talk about it so it's uh got some stuff that's like in the works that i think it's gonna be really rad for you and i'm excited to see uh what the future holds for sure
1: yeah for sure man i, I hope um you know i just hope you know obviously with with riding like this is very dangerous and, and you know if anything was to ever happen, like hey man like it, it's what makes me happy and i just hope that like i can leave a stamp um and i hope that i am now just to inspire others to you know I always think that you know, hey, like we we need to treat everybody with respect, and and you know, and I feel like do what you can for people and never give up, and I think that's what you know this world needs in it, and um, you just you just gotta keep going and just do what you love, like do what makes you happy, and um, man, I think that's what's so great about motocross is like like you said, it's just all about going on the track and having a good times with your buddies, you know, and even if you. If you are racing, like, you know, that's one thing that I forgot for a little bit when I was racing was why did we start this to begin with? Because it was fun. Right. And I think yeah. a lot of us do that. And I think if you keep it fun, it keeps it more relaxed. And like, yeah, you gotta be serious, obviously, if you're, if you're doing it professionally, but those dudes still have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you get, when it all comes down to it, you get to ride your dirt bike and get paid. Right. So, um, of course it's a job, but every job is going to have its ups and downs. So, for the most part, I uh, I feel like we have a really bright future with uh, the the riders that are coming up and and whatnot, and the riders that are in the series now. So I'm excited to see what the future holds because it's it's gonna be good. And and for you, it's you got a lot of stuff in the works too. So I mean, dude, with your tire deal and the, and the Moto Series and the Shred Tours. I I mean, this weekend, dude, we're about to have so much fun this weekend at, at the Ver. I know, shred right at Aonia. Like I I've heard nothing but good things about that place, so I'm so excited to check it out.
1: Oh, dude, the track is sick. I remember racing in the 80s back in the day. They love to put, like, a lot of mulch out, dude, and it just gets so, like, rutted and rough, but it's, like, the good rough. Um, But, yeah, man, I I just, I hope, you know, with this situation, and and there's a lot of dudes riding that are in the same situation that I am, and I think it would be cool, like, you know, if maybe maybe one day, like, dude, Loretta's would, like, allow us to have, like, a class there. Like, we don't have to win, like, a national title, you know, or, like, qualify, but it would be cool if, like, you know 20 of us dudes could show up and race and like get to still feel that feel you know um i
0: think a lot of people would watch it dude i think that'd be one of the most watched races honestly
1: oh dude for sure well it's cool man and like even like x games man like when you go like you know when we race the snow bikes dude people congregate around that track like it's insane like at, at the first year that we were there i remember sitting on the gate i couldn't even hear my bike like I was like, what is going on, dude? This yeah. is crazy, you know. So
0: yeah, we it's need, um, Tim Cotter or Davey Coombs. If you're listening to this, get it, make it happen. Let's get let's get this let get this going.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Let let's make it happen, dude. Even Doug, me and Doug have talked about it multiple times. Henry wants to do it. He's like, he's like, dude, it would be so sick if we could just go race the races. Even if we got to do like an intermission, just one moto race, like it would just be so cool, man. I think it would just be it would be good for the industry and good for all the kids coming up too because. Yeah. I hate to say it, man, but the injury is a lot more prone than what it used to be.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that want that outlet, right? Like, there's guys that ride and they rip, but, you know, they're never going to make it in 450B or or 450C or 450A at Loretta's, you know. But so it's like – but they still rip, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those things where even though you have this injury, there's still a lot that you can do. And uh, you and Doug and uh, I, there's a couple other guys that have really proven that that it's just a minor setback, you know what I mean? And and you can still accomplish what you want to accomplish if you if you have the right mindset.
1: Yeah, and for sure. And it, it would just make it more even play, like, you know, a playing field as well. Because, you know, obviously at AMA races, you can't, you know, somebody can't pick you up or hold you at the gate. You know, with us, we kind of have to have that. Right. So, you know, if they had like just a class just for us, then we'd be able to have people like what we have at Winter X where people can go and, you know, basically our mechanics and, and we have a few spotters, uh, per person, and they go out, you know, or there to pick you up if you fall over. Um, so I, I definitely think it could happen, and I definitely think they could make some room for us. And, and I, dude, I think it would make a huge, a huge uh uproar in the sport in a, in a damn good way.
0: I agree. I agree with you, totally. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it would be huge. um Anything we can add to the sport is a, is a must. So. But uh, moving forward for you, the uh, we have a new segment called uh, the Beach Say What segment, and it's brought to you by J.D. Beach. Huge shout out to J.D. for uh, doing this for us, and a huge shout out to him, too. He, he won the AFT race a little while back and crushed it, so good thing for him. J.D., awesome job. Congratulations on that. So he's got some more stuff coming up, so we wish him uh, success on the rest of the year. But, man, this, uh, this guy's been crushing it with, with us for these segments, and I'm excited to see what he's got in store for you. So let's see what he's got um so he comes out you with how different does his your bike suspension setup have be now to where when you were riding so um like the two different setups i guess for you like what, oh, what's man. it been like
1: well you know what i've been blessed uh since 2014 uh that's when race Tech came on board my program rob and chris and all the dudes over there man Wyatt, they've always always just treated me like family and um Dude, they were a part of, of my program before I got hurt and, and are a part of it now. And, and they did all my, my snow bike stuff, and it's just amazing. And uh, they actually got me a good setup this past year, and, and it's definitely way different. So normally, um, like you know, SAG, what, 103 to 107, wherever you want to set it, whatever you're riding type thing. So yeah. my SAG is around, like, 125 to 130 now. Um, So it doesn't, like, you know, kick me over the bars, do a big old OTB. Yeah. Um and, and be done. And so like the suspension is really like plush on top, but once you start getting down past like mid to lower stroke, it's like super hard. So the bike can't bottom out. Okay. Um so basically it, it it allows to where I can't like just destroy my back, right? I mean obviously it can quote unquote bottom out, but it's not gonna be like a slam. You know what I mean? Like they've got it nice where it's good and then just like low at the very bottom so it won't bottom out i mean it's it's amazing like i can blast through the rough stuff and like no problem
0: okay yeah so i mean those guys they kind of know know what you like and it it makes it easy for you to kind of say hey this is what i'm feeling and and they can dial it in for you
1: yeah man they've been great and you know they've always taken good care of me and and uh, yeah i uh, i enjoy it with them and we've definitely uh created some, some sick stuff with the the setup and you know we're always working on different stuff too so
0: yeah yeah i've heard nothing but good things about those guys and they're they're getting bigger and bigger and they're doing the race tech schools too they've been doing this for for a little while now where people can go and become a certified suspension tech so race tech's definitely on the gas
1: oh yeah man like the, they, they definitely uh they're like family to me, man. I can call up there and, and talk to Sydney and the girls up front and tell them what I need. And it's like, you know, it's just cool, man, when you call such a big company like that and they know exactly who you are and, and you know, just catching up with everybody. And, you know, when I was in California, I used to go to the shop and, and visit with everybody. And like I said, Rob and Wyatt, you know, would come out the, the, to the track and, and give me time during the week. And, you know, that's rad, man. I, I really, really appreciate that, man, because, you know, I am not I wasn't on a factory level, right. Um like that. So to have guys that are willing to come out and give you a shot and, and teach you stuff is, is amazing.
0: Yeah, and it makes it to where you get that, that trust factor too, right? We go back to what we talked about earlier about relationships and everything. It's when you have those relationships and that customer service it goes a long way. Exactly. Um his next one for you would be uh would you rather do X games in summer or winter, which is more fun?
1: Ooh, man you know I, i've done the snow bike stuff and it is so sick like I, if it wasn't for winter x games i never would have got to ride a snow bike to begin with and even right. being more snow than an inch i guess well when i was in canada the snow was gnarly but other than that i never was not in, in much snow right um so that's that's tough man like me and all the dudes always say now are like man i wish we could do uh do summer because you know they used to do it right they had a what was it? Uh, Ricky. I can't think of his last name. He's basically the guy who started riding as a paraplegic kind of first. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: I can't remember his last he, name. But I'm kind of having like little spots of it and remembering it.
1: Yeah. And so, um, you know, he he did it. When then they had like an adaptive class too, like they have at Winter X for people, you know, who might not have like an arm or a leg or fingers or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so they've done that before at Summer X. And, I don't know man like I, I can't say that I would choose between the either because I love the snow now that I've got to do it because it's so different but like I wish X Games would give us an opportunity in summer as well because that's also different than riding in the snow right then we have like moto and snow and like it gives us a chance to get a summer medal and a winter medal
0: yeah kind of gives you those those two opportunities I, I think in summer if I don't not mis- mistaken like the tracks are pretty like blue groove and you get hit ramps too right or no
1: yeah, so I know they had ramps at one point in time, but, yeah, dude, they were, like, super gnarly, like, super curls, like, big Yeah, they were,
0: Yeah, but, it was pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they definitely were blue grooving, too. So, but but I will tell you, like, summer, like, doing a track would definitely be more dangerous than the snow because you crash in the snow, it's not as bad, right? But you go you go down on that hard-packed dirt, especially on, yeah. like, a big booter, it could be gnarly.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely one of those things where anytime you can get on a, on a big stage like X games, it's, it's, it's cool. But the risk factor is definitely, uh, definitely there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, and then who knows, they might do it again. I don't yeah, know. I, I would know. love for them to.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things like we keep talking about is like the more people talk, you, the more injuries that are happening, it's like the, the opportunity is there. It sucks that this is happening in our sport, but it's real life and I, people want to keep writing. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I think it's one of those things where we could, the opportunities, I'm, I'm just going to say that. I just know that if they gave you the stage at Loretta's or summer X, you guys could fill the gates.
1: We would for sure be there. I can tell you that right now. Like there's yeah. plenty of dudes that talked about it and want to do it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, his next question for you would be, what's your favorite track? Ooh,
1: that's tough, man. I've, I've got <laughs> You've a written lot a lot of tracks. Favorite. I've ridden a lot of tracks, yeah. Dude, um, what
0: about Comp Edge back? You posted that video the other day. What about Comp Edge, that big booter in the middle out of that corner <laughs> after the finish line? I think that jump was so big back in the day. And then you go a mile down the road, and you had Race Town 395, and that other triple uphill trip along the fence was so huge, too.
1: Yeah, I never got to ride Race right Town, but I rode Comp Edge. You know, I went out there, um, let's see here, that was in 2006. 14 when i was out there there was a regional out there yeah um and you know dude i had never rode a hard packed windy track like that and so i booted in practice i'm like yeah man this is sweet i'm gonna hit it in the moto dude freaking first I moto hurts, i go yeah. to hit it don't realize it <laughs> top the hill in the air and the freaking winds blowing 30 miles an hour and i land out in the freaking flat and i'm like holy shit this is sketchy dude and like you know yeah. how it get, got out there dude like potholed out and stuff Oh, gnarly i don't know man that's that's really tough like what am i all, i don't want to say it's like my all-time favorite but dude i love like sand mountain for instance man i just i've rode there for many of years and i trained there many years Floretta's, and i had a, a super cross track there at one point in time across the road I've i love that no thing. Preco <laughs> too. yeah
0: that track Back is in the day. i uh we went over there what two years ago and it was still kind of built like i was like man i don't know how you guys rode that thing like it was pretty gnarly
1: <laughs> yeah at one point in time it was, it was brutal but yeah I, I don't know man Sand Mountain is just it's different and like I don't know Billy Range is one of the most down to earth track owners that I've ever met and so yeah. that makes it a positive too but man like I have a, a few man like there's a lot of Bama tracks are sick like McClarty is dope uh, Mill Creek was, was epic I miss Freeman heck I saw Kevin Kelly at uh, Lazy River this past weekend obviously I hear his voice uh, basically every week in, in Moto Spy, But um I tell you, man, I miss Breman over there in in, uh, in Georgia. It was just it was top notch. It was like just red, sandy, like clay dirt. But dude, they had some of the biggest jumps ever on a yeah. track. Yeah, yeah. It, was,
0: it was cool. Yeah, I heard back in the day there was a lot more tracks here. Like I'm somebody was saying like Nashville used like not Nashville but the Nashville area used to have like six or so like somewhere on that. They had quite a bit of tracks here. And the same well, like there, was track,
1: too. Um, there was this track there was this track kind of close to me in stack It was called Diamondback. I'm like, Osborne and Stroop and all those dudes just to go there and ride. And they had this tabletop up front, about 120-foot tabletop, and then these two rollers afterwards. Well, on an 85, you could hit the table, click fist in the air, land wide open, and jump these rollers. Like, they weren't meant to jump. And it was like the squirreliest thing ever. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to try it, I didn't have enough speed, and I cased it and went through this bomb wire fence. I like launched the berm whiskey throttle, like I almost into the cars. Like it was, no way. It was just crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: So yeah, it, it was cool.
0: Yeah. It's, it's crazy how many tracks, I mean, even in California, there's tracks that are shut down. It's just, uh, it's just, I mean, nowadays it's, everything's just connecting. You know what I mean? It's like from town to town. It's just, everybody's putting up retail and housing and just all kinds of stuff.
1: It's crazy. I mean, even thing about milestone, man. Like, how long that had been there, and that like little like warehouse district, and now it's gone, dude. It's just it blows my mind. I mean, dude, even Comp Edge is gone. Yeah, like what?
0: Yeah, it's just just
1: so dope.
0: Who would ever thought? You know what I mean? Especially out there, it's like those tracks were staples.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I remember before I moved to California, I saw people riding there, and like, you know, because like the pros go to Glen Helen and Comp Edge and all that, and then. You get to go ride it, and then you hear that it's gone. It's just like, like dude, it was out in the middle of nowhere too. That's what's crazy.
0: Yeah, like they had their schedule. Like Tuesdays was was milestone because they combined both tracks, and then Thursday was Glen Helen, and then Friday they fly out for nationals. Like, so yep. it's like they, you kind of knew, and they have it now. You know, like Mondays are State Fair, Tuesdays are, I think Paula. So I mean, they still have that kind of schedule, but it's like it's the uh, it's just crazy how however the times change over the years. So.
1: But what about that? Uh, is that is that national track? Uh, remember, in uh, was it was it Utah the last national they ran? Oh yeah, Miller. Big. Is it still around, or they close it down?
0: I think the track's there, but they they like don't do anything with it anymore. I guess it was like pretty gnarly. Like they used to do street bike races there too, it, and I don't even think they do street bike races there anymore. So I don't dude, know. Dude,
1: that was like the craziest track ever. Like I went there, and like it, it was like an outdoor, but then it wasn't. Right? It's was just I don't know. It's weird how it was built inside that track like that.
0: Yeah, and I guess it was kind of sketchy, from what I heard. It, like, yeah, every, a lot of people was. said it was sketchy.
1: It was. It definitely was. <laughs> That's uh, like, but I mean, think about all all the all the outdoor national tracks that are gone too, like Steel City. Yeah. uh What was it? Keith Worthy? Like, dude, a lot Troy, of those. Yeah, tracks. Troy, Ohio yeah
0: but it's just uh i don't know man i i i think now with uh the stay six and all that stuff you know we're getting more people riding so maybe more tracks will pop up with more people trying to get involved with it but at the same time it's just you gotta make sure you put it in the right spot and, and mark that territory and don't give it up
1: well just think about this though man this is what's gonna be crazy like you know how like the tv air like from from black and white to color like think about like now like going like how a lot of things are going to electric and like when it yeah. takes off kind of like the, you know, the two stroke or the four stroke, like just imagine when we do go full electric, if we do like the different kids that will race, that will be so fast that would never had a chance before because like somebody who lives in the city can have a backyard big enough to have a track and actually train and ride. And then, you know, now like you can't you, like, you know, there, there could be somebody who lives in Atlanta, man, that might have like a, two acre backyard that can build a track and train, but they can't because the noise ordinance, right? But right. then you go to electric, like think of like how many kids are just going to come out of the woodwork that are just like, would never race but are just going to be like all stars like it's just going to change the sport completely
0: Yeah, I just, I'm. it'd just be so weird, I mean everybody said that when four strokes came out, right? It'd be so weird to race four strokes right? But it's like now we're saying it'd be so weird if, like as a fan, like how do you even like watch it, you know what I mean? It's like you won't hear anything. <laughs> it's just
1: crazy. I know, right? They're gonna be playing dude, like dirt bike noises over the loudspeakers.
0: <laughs> yeah, like when I watched the 50cc class at the dude, it was just like, like the earth went like quiet, and then y'all you just heard was just the gate drop. It's like the loudest gate drop you've ever heard in your life.
2: Boom. Yeah, <laughs> and then
0: like they just zzz, like it was insane. But you know, you just you just Hardly. never know. It's 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 uh it's it's the future, I guess. Right? So. Anything's possible, man. Anything's yeah. possible. It all just depends on where the money's at. If if Honda's like, we need to sell CRF four fifty E's, you better bet your ass <laughs> that dude's gonna be on jet launch. Sounds like you got some be...
1: insight there, Bubba. Stop it.
0: Oh shit, you're gonna get me fired, dude. Oh. Uh, let's see here. So his last one for you is wildest or weirdest customer experience at the tire shop. Oh, dude! I know there's some crazy customers out there. Wildest or
1: weirdest customer at the tire store? Man, I don't, I don't even know. I'd have to. That's hard for me to even think, man. Like, I mean, there's definitely <laughs> been some weird moments, but I don't, <sighs> I don't know. I'd have to. Let me think for a second. That's tough. I, I can't really put anything right in ahead. mind right off the bat. Um,
0: you ever, had mean, a cu- I, you ever had a customer come in and pick up the wrong vehicle? No,
1: we haven't had that. <laughs> uh,
0: um, but we have people,
1: we've had to have people call and, like, freak out on us because they're like, yeah, I dropped my car off. And, like, we're like, you know, ma'am or sir, like, your car is not here like we did. And, you know, we're yeah. you're not the computers. And they're like, I know I did. Like, I definitely did. <laughs> and then they realize that they called the wrong tire store.
0: Yeah. Yeah, people are nuts, dude. Like it's crazy. Like some customers, you're like, "What just happened?" But the yeah, co- customer's I mean, always, right. customer always right.
1: Customer's always right. You ain't kidding on that. Yeah, man. I don't know if I really have a a, a crazy, a crazy story. I, I it would be like, oh man, I wish I had something for you because there's just a lot of good stuff uh, that that. Uh, well, okay. Well, actually, uh, I take that back. <laughs> so we had a guy. This is here recently. He came in. And he said that he bought the tires, but he never paid for them. Like, he didn't buy them. And yeah. then so he tried to basically get us to put them on. And then, uh, he tr- like, obviously we were smarter than what he was, you know, thinking that we were. And then the cops ended up coming. And then he got in all this trouble, ended up getting arrested. And then his girlfriend came and paid for the tires to get put on. And while he's getting arrested, we we're putting the tires on. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. You're like well, welcome to Dalton. <laughs>
1: yeah, welcome to Dalton, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. There's there's all kinds of stuff that comes comes through there, man. You see all, all walks of life. It's great, though. I love it.
0: Man, for me, I guess I'll uh, I'll kinda add to JD's thing. Like I would say the best what like I would say your favorite thing about the moto indus- moto slash video industry side and then your favorite thing about the tire industry side, like is the the big maybe the maybe it's not a favorite or maybe like the similars or differences, like just something like both avenues. Cause you, both of them are your careers, right? Like it's not one of the, you don't put more time in one than the other, but for the most part, both of those are your careers. So for you, like what's the, what's the coolest thing or the same thing, whatever, whatever, like just what, what do you like about both industries?
1: I think both of them, I can say, I can just kind of answer this as one for both. So I think it's like, obviously the relationships that I get to create with everybody and me, you yeah. know, and, and it's like, even just like the creative side of things, like, you know, I love being a creative and I love to create like rad stuff. It's like, I almost feel like that's like my place to like relieve all of like my stress. Like it's almost like riding, right? Like I told you earlier, like my house is on fire. Like I would be, you know, fine. Yeah. And same thing with video editing. Like I get in that zone, man. And I like just do my thing and same thing in the tire store. Like when I get in this zone of like, you know, talking to people and like really coming up with ideas to make the business better. And, and, you know, just like, I'm not like, I'm not in the the tire industry, man. I'm in the people, I'm in like the relationship business when, when, with our tire store. And that's something Colton I've always talked about. Colt's my business partner. Um, and Colt also comes from, from media, but he is on like the more of the ad agency side. So like doing like Erlanger hospital commercials and, and, um, he actually, uh, He's won a couple of, uh, you know, Emmys and, and, uh, national advertising awards. And just, man, like it's, it's so cool the the different like process that him and I have as creatives, because we're totally different, but like at the same time, it works so well. Right. Yeah. And with the tire store, man, we've just taken a totally different approach on how we do things, um, as far as a tire store would do. And I think it comes from like our marketing background, just our background in general, man. And, 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 you know, he learned a lot from his grandfather because of how his grandfather was. His grandfather was so well-known in that town, that tire store was so well-known and still is obviously. Um, But just the foundation that we were able to work with and, and just taking our foundation as, as two guys growing up that way, like it just implemented so much. And I even think like my film career is what's helped me kind of guide me through the tire store process and the growth of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, just, you know, speaking back on like how we talked about, you know, not, you know, going and hanging out with these guys and just becoming friends with them. And it's just, like I said before, I really couldn't even like, I was shy back in the day, man. And then like, you know, as I just grew up, it's like, it just came natural. And like, even through my injury, it came even more natural, which has helped me in the tire store. And like I've learned to to learn how to talk to people and, and deal with those honorary customers, you know, when you have them and like, You know it's it's just really cool man i feel like just the background of the both of us like it's just really helped out the store too like people just want to come in and just say what up and like hang out and like dude like we just started helping off road and you know for the moto community listening and even if you're not in the moto community and you you want stuff i mean dude we've been doing moto vans and we're gonna start doing like build out of moto vans and um wheels tires and all that we we're gonna do it all but like We just made this, like, simplistic logo, man, and, like, it fits, like, the modern but retro style. Yeah, and, like, we made these hats, and, like, they're not anything special, but, bro, people are just, like, eating them up, and I never would have thought, like, hey, just putting my logo on a hat, somebody would just be beating down the door to get a hat, you know, and, like, they're free, but people, like, want to pay for them, and, like, people are like, dude, will you autograph it for me and stuff? I'm like, that's just cool, you know, like, I don't look at myself as being somebody that should be given an autograph, but to know that people want to rally behind a brand that we're building and, like, are stoked that we're, like, doing the tire store and brought it back. to basically, we call it the wasteland, right? Um, it's just, I mean, it's cool, man. That's what makes us want to just keep going and see how far we can get it. And like, man, the sky's the limit. If you, if you just push, you can do it.
0: Yeah, and that's kinda what you and I talked about before we started the show is like just the logo. It's just so simple and it's like it's like a like a almost like a vintage brand. Like it's not even even if you're not even in Dalton, Georgia around, it's like just the just it's kind of like that almost like I don't even know how you would say, like almost like boutique style. You know what I mean? Like it's uh kind of just stands out and it's just maybe somebody doesn't know but they just like the logo and I think that's what's good for you guys and using your backgrounds and being creative, it's Gonna help you do what you want to do. You know, we talked about some stuff that I know you we can't really talk about, like for expansion wise. But I think that's gonna really help build that brand. Is it's you have a logo that's so universal to anybody. You know what I mean? I, I think that's cool for sure. Um, well,
1: that's what we want to do. I mean, I, I don't want I don't want Helton Tire and Helton Off Road just to be Dalton. Like I want Helton Tire and Helton Off Road to be global. I want it to be a brand that like. People want to wear and be proud to wear, and like you know, I want people to. I don't. We're not like said, man. We're not. We're not just a tire business, and we're not just an off-road business. Like I want people to come to the stores and feel like they're at home, because like you know how it is, man. Like working on a vehicle and like having to go to shop, it's a pain in the ass. And like it's just like it's not fun, right? We all dread it. Like like, God, I'm gonna. I gotta get my old change. Next thing you know, you're two thousand miles over. But like with with my store you know, we want to make it to where it's an experience, man. And like we're building, and I can say this, we're building the Disneyland of of a tire store Mm. and let your imagination run wild on that. But, you know, that's what we're building right now. And and we just, we want to make it happen, man. We want to make the experience fun. And, and, you know, just with the racing background and and some other things that we've got implemented into this. Um, Tammy Kirk is uh, actually from my hometown and has a Honda dealership, actually in my hometown. She raced NASCAR trucks and, Black track and all kinds of stuff, man. Probably Davidson and sweet, super, okay. super big,
0: huh? I said, yeah, that's awesome. Go ahead, like I was just, <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Super influential person, and uh, we're gonna hopefully have some of her swag in the in the showroom as well, man. We just we're gonna really build out some cool things.
0: Yeah, like almost you're you're kind of getting you know, the community that's, and there's another shop here, you know, Brian's, he does the same thing. Like he's just super well known in the community. Like, you know, you and I talked about it, just the customer service and those relationships. It it goes a long way. People want to, people want that feeling of they know, like you just talked about the race tech. They want to know you. They want to, they want to call you their friend. So, um, that goes a long way I think in today's world. Cause it's like, we can all shop online, but it's just you don't get that satisfaction when you can shake someone's hand and, and say, Hey, Will, I really appreciate you taking care of me, man. Like it's just, that goes a long way, I think.
1: Well, it's that trust and bond, right, man? We can yeah. take somebody's hand, put them in the eye, and, like, actually have, like, ai don't even want to say, like, a tangible item. But you know how it is, man. I mean, even just going into a store and actually having a tangible item. Like, you know, when we're selling a set of tires and, and they're in stock, you know, and we're talking about them, it's like, hey, let me grab them real quick so you can put your hands on them and see what you're, what you're about to buy. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, yeah, they're, they're great tires, you know, um, here you go.
0: Right. And that's the biggest thing for me going to the track. It's like I, I go to these these tracks and talk to people and and just, you know, I was I was at a, at a place the other day and I'm like, dude, like, you know what? What made you go with that helmet? And they're like, man, I went to the shop and they had it in stock and the guy, you know, he told me all the benefits and features. And, and it, I really I really trusted him on his opinion. I'm Like, dude, you know, you did a great thing. Like this helmet is awesome. I, I sell a lot of them. And, you know, I believe in the helmet. I have the helmet. And um, it's just it's cool to to get those people engaged and and let them know like hey you can't get any cheaper online like go support your local business like without these guys we don't have you know we don't have parts and service and and new bikes and you know it's just i'm all about supporting small businesses because it's it makes the world go around so i'm i'm excited to see what you can do in the future and and you guys seem to be crushing it so that's really cool
1: yeah man shop local for sure i definitely um we try to help out as much as we can with community man as well like you know, like if, if if we feel like somebody's in need of help and, and, you know, we try not to, I don't want that to sound like we just judge somebody, right. Like by book by its cover. Um, but if we know, you know, somebody could use some help, like we'll go the extra mile and take care of somebody, you know, and if that's us losing a dollar every so often to help somebody, we're more than happy to do it because, you know, man, I mean, I think it, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, all of us congregating together as, as a, as a country and, a, and as a world, and we should all be here for each other. And, you know, hey man, I think that's what makes it cool. It's like it's all the way back to what we talked about earlier, the relationships, man. So yep. That's what it that's how you build it and, and that's how you get your repeat customers and you make a family out of it.
0: Totally. No, I agree. I uh I can't agree with you more than that. It's just uh we need more we need more of it. That's all I can say. So if you're listening, please support your local dealerships, your local tire shops and uh Go go make a friend, go make a relationship. So um but for me, Will, that's all I got for you, buddy. I can't I can't thank you enough for making the time. Like I really, really appreciate it. So um for you, like you're at on Instagram, you're at Will Posey's your personal, and then what's your tire shop Instagram?
1: Yeah, so my my personal is at Will Posey eight twenty one. Um and then uh, for the tire store it's at Helton Tire, so H E L T O N Tire. Um, And then we have Helton Tire on Facebook and Helton Off-Road. Um, Definitely around, you know, in the next six months or so, you're definitely going to want to be following along. We're actually going to be doing a few uh, web series and whatnot on some builds that we're doing. We're going to end up doing some uh, SEMA builds as well for uh, the Las Vegas SEMA show. I'm sure a lot of these guys all about that and possibly some uh, side-by-side builds as well, maybe even a side-by-side racing team.
0: There you go. So yeah, guys, if you're listening, please check out Will. Um, go support his pages. Go support his his tire shop if you're if you're local or even if you're not local, he can probably ship you some stuff. So give him a call, check him out, shoot him a DM, and then if you're in the uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, I mean Southern states, Aonia this weekend, boys and girls, Verb Shred Tour. Uh, will and myself will be out there uh, with Viral Moto and Verb verb moto fly racing we're all we're all heading out so um looking forward to that and then again thank you to spot network tv this is episode 23 with will posey um spot network can't say enough about spot network so thanks to those guys motion pro works connection bell ray scott goggles um thank you guys really really appreciate everybody's support um we'll have some giveaways here shortly i gotta announce the winner of the works connection tie downs But that's a wrap, episode twenty three. I really appreciate it. Huge shout out to JD Beach um, for another great segment, and then for you, Will. um, You got anything you want to say, or anybody you want to thank?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I just uh, appreciate you having me on here, and then uh, obviously everybody who uh, who backed me. uh, Definitely Arma Fox, one hundred percent goggles. Just um, you know, there's a lot of people. Bell Ray, a lot of people that uh, support me, and. I don't have the uh, whole list memorized <laughs> since I haven't been uh, haven't had to do a podium speech in about a year. Yeah. So <laughs> no, you're good. Somebody else that uh, that I forgot, you know, Race Tech, all those dudes, Pro Taper, man. Yeah, um, Ryan
0: just, Jensen at No Tall. Huge shout out to him. Like he supports both right of us. Man. Yeah, always.
1: My Jake from Static. Uh, just everybody that's that's been a part of my program, man. Pro Circuit, Mitch. I, I I tell you, man, that was a special one for me. Um, that's cool. You know yeah. that can play on station, but just you know both of our. Both of our situations, man, everybody sets up steps up. Guts as well. Um making yeah, uh,
0: awesome over there. Yep.
1: Yeah, they're great, man. They've always taken great care of me. I mean just everybody, man, just uh that's been a part of my program. Uh, you know, before and after I got hurt. It's just um like I said, man, it's all about the relationships and I'm thankful to uh still be able to ride my dirt bike, hang out with everybody at the track, see everybody and uh yeah, I'm sure I'll uh I'll be seeing some people around. Uh, I'm gonna be uh hitting up these shred tours. We're um we're going to be doing some filming around it and uh, doing some, some riding and then uh, yeah, I've been getting ready for the jump as well.
0: Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, tell destiny I say hello and then you guys have a great night and thank you for the time, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh cool, man. I appreciate it as well. It was a good time.
0: All right. See you guys. Talk to you soon. See, see you this weekend. All
1: right. Bye.
0: I see you later. <laughs>